Make refreshing changes throughout your home this fall and save by starting with Lowe's. Add new appliances and get deals like up to 35% off select appliance special values, including a 24.7 cubic foot Whirlpool French door refrigerator, just $15.99. Show your home's true colors with a new coat of paint and save on top-rated one-coat paints from HGTV Home by Sherwin-Williams, starting at just $35.98 a gallon every day. Whatever projects you have on your to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Appliance offer valid through 1023, U.S. only. This is the Fresh Air Channel, and you are listening to I Pray This Helps with Keith Roberson. Relationships, relationships, relationships. That's all anyone seems to talk about. Christian or not, this always seems to be at the tip of everyone's tongue in one aspect or another. But honestly, that's all that really matters. Our relationships with others shows our relationship with God, and our relationship with God affects our relationships with others. But I guess that's a podcast for another day. Anyway, I sat down with one Sade Solomon who resides in New York to talk about the ever-present topic in the church, singleness versus marriage. We sat down at Aurora Coffee in Atlanta to discuss this with my little H4N recorder. Take a listen, and I pray this helps. I feel as though people put a big emphasis on marriage in the Christian diaspora, like across the Christian diaspora. What are your thoughts on marriage as a single woman? That's a big question. That's a big question. That's a big question. What are my thoughts on marriage? It's a desire. Um, But what are my thoughts on how the church... What are my thoughts on the church's views of marriage or how they impose their views on marriage on young people? Like, or what are my thoughts in general about marriage? Whatever you... Yeah. I guess, yeah, this is kind of open. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just what are your thoughts on marriage? And you can even speak to how the church views marriage. You know what I mean? Either way. Man, that's a big question. I think my thoughts on marriage is something that I do desire. I don't know if... Marriage is something that's explained, um, like what it really means in the church. It's something that is expected, I feel. um, And also, like, they expect that women want that, so they speak about that so much in the church. Like, we want more things than just marriage, but they speak about it so much, but I feel like it increases our desires to want it. And then they don't really explain what it is or what it looks like, like what a God-designed marriage is, you know, and then there are tough questions that we want to know about marriage as a single person that they don't really talk about. They don't really have those conversations. Um, it's just like find someone and get married or let a guy pursue you. They don't really want to have like those really intensive conversations or even bringing young people and married women together to like speak about these things. And I think that's the reason why there's so many divorces. No, but I don't think we really understand the concept of marriage, like to God, what his purpose was for it. And the church really doesn't do much to explain that, which really bothers me. Um, and like, I've been searching for that because no, no matter what I, no matter what I get from God, no, no matter what I get in this world, I want it to be from God. Um, no matter what it is, I want God to be in it, especially in a marriage. It's a lifelong commitment. It's a vow before God. It's a really important vow for them to not talk about it. So, um, I think that's my views on it. Um, I have a lot of other views, uh, probably 
maybe need you ask, to ask like a more specific question, but like yeah. overall, yeah, overall, I think that's what it is. There are a lot of conferences for women on how women can prepare themselves for marriage, and there are, I've never seen one on how a man can prepare himself to be a husband. And I feel like you have all these women that are ready and all these guys that aren't. And I hear that from all my single friends. Um, and it's sad, you know? Like, we should be working on us for us. Like, I shouldn't be working on Sade for a man. Like, I should be working on Sade for Sade. And I came to that realization, like, if I'm going to work out, like, to have a banger body, it's going to be for me first, you know? If I'm going to strive, like, to chase after my goals, it's going to be for me. Like, if I'm going to work on my character to be a, a godly woman, it's going to be for, for me first, for me, for God. But I'm not just doing all of this for a husband. And I feel that that is what a lot of these messages are. It's like, how do you prepare yourself for marriage? How do you prepare yourself for God? You know, how do you prepare yourself for yourself? Um, so that's like my overall view on it. Um, that's great. Um, so I have two, two questions, like in one. Not really. Yeah. One question, I guess they kind of coincide. What are what are the benefits of being married, a married believer, and what are the benefits of being a single believer? Like, because I believe personally that both are beneficial, and so one is not like wherever God has you. This it's not like this hierarchy of, of like, oh, I need to reach this plat, or I need to reach this plane. Um, you know, because I I agree. I feel like, and I and I'll say it on air. I'll say it on record that I believe that um, marriage a lot of times has become an idol in the church, 100%. and I feel like marriage has become um, like, oh yeah, you you are saved single, but like you ain't really you ain't really all there until you get married. You know I mean, like that's when you got it all together as a believer. You know what I mean, so. Speak to that a little bit. Like, what are the benefits of being single? What are the benefits of being married? You know what I mean? They're both beneficial. I think what you said is very true. And I just want to go back to the idol thing because that's what I was doing for a lot of years. Like, I was idolizing the idea of being married. And the crazy thing about it is that I idolized something that I did not even know about. Like, and I had put that before everything. Um, and it was never comfortable for me. Like, I just want to live my life. Like, I don't want to have this thought in my head that I have to get married, even though it is a desire. And I was putting that before everything. Like, my prayers to God were for that. And it's like, why? You know, and I came to that realization. And that's scary to me that I was idolizing that. And I definitely see how the church helps to perpetuate that. But what are the benefits of being... I can only speak about what the benefits to me of being single or what I think the benefits of being married... Um, and I think Paul talks about, I think it's Paul who talks about his singleness. And, you know, it's the time where you really, de- you have ample amount of time to dedicate and devote your life to Christ and, God, and to ministry and to be a servant and to do what God has called you to do. You have nothing that's holding you back, you know. Like, I could travel and go anywhere and do anything. I have no ties to, I don't have to call no man and say, you know, oh, babe, I'm doing, I'm going here. Or I'm doing this. Or I'm booking this ticket. You know, like, you are free to do what God wants you to do. You are free to make your own choices and your own decisions. You know, you are free to walk in your purpose. You are free to discover who you are. Like, you, like, honestly, my singleness, I've unpacked so much stuff. People think that healing just comes overnight. No, healing is like literally an onion and you peel back layers and layers and layers and layers and layers. And I don't know if you ever stop healing and get to the core, but there is so much healing that needs to take place first 
you know, and I feel like in my singleness, I've really been able to um, unpack those things and, and heal from things that I didn't even know were affecting me, things I thought that I overcome and I can't imagine having to deal with that in the confines of a marriage, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know who I am. So I think that is the benefit of being single, finding out who you are, finding out who you are in God, you know, building a relationship with him. My relationship should be with God first. You know, no man should ever take God's place. And when you idolize marriage and then you get it, so now, like, the marriage then takes the place of God. I don't ever want that, you know. So my desire is to seek God and to really fall in love with him first um, and then be able to know what that love is to be able to give to another individual. So the benefits of marriage, I believe that there comes a point where two have to, if that's God's will for you, could come together and do ministry together in a more powerful way. And that's the way I view marriage. Marriage is a ministry. And I believe that as a, in a God-ordained marriage, two people will come together and do ministry together in a more powerful and impactful way. I realize that I can't do this on my own. I have friends that I can do it with, but I think in in like a marriage, it will it's so much better. Like, two people coming together. They both know what their purposes are. They both are serving God, and now they're doing it together, and they have a greater reach. And also, the ministry is not only what they do. The ministry is how it looks because your marriage, people should see you as a married couple and and believe God. Like, oh, God definitely brought them together. Like, that in itself is ministry. So those are my views on on marriage and um, singleness, and it's not saying that it's word, but it's what I feel to be true. And through conversations, sparking these conversations with people, speaking to other married women, pulling like pulling information out of them because they don't want to talk about these things, speaking to single women, hearing their stories. Um, these are just some of the things that I really started to wrap my mind around fully. And I feel finally feel like I'm in a space now where I'm much more comfortable with where I am because I know what I'm striving towards. And to set the standard, you know? I think that's great. Um, we talked about this on um, the other podcast. Mm-hmm. Thank God for the group chat. We talked about um, the whole concept of there being of one or a mm-hmm. person for you. You know, um, when I say that, before I give my take on it, what are your thoughts on just the whole concept of the one? From not because I, I found that a lot of believers don't necessarily believe in the one, and the reason for that. The reasoning for that never sits well with me. Um, so I just want to ask what your thoughts, and maybe we can agree, maybe we can argue, whatever it is. <laughs> what are your thoughts? So I've always thought that there was the one for someone. Like, I've always thought that. It's just what I felt. I felt that there is someone, that one person out there that God has for me. And I've always felt that way. And I can't say that my feelings have changed, but I've heard different perspectives that have challenged my thought. And those perspectives are that God gives you, um, he presents to you options and you then make a choice, which makes sense because God gives you free will to make choices. So I would think he has presented options and I have to then make a choice because God doesn't go against his, his word. So um, I don't know the answer to that. I hope that God would choose because I'm really bad at making decisions. So I hope that he would say, this is who I've set aside for you, you know, and let me know who that individual is and then help me to deal with the decision after, like, you know. So that's just my perspective. What's your take on it? I wasn't going to answer, but you asked me. So, 
Why are you making that face? Now, I mean, I'll answer. I'll answer. Um, I personally, like, I see in scripture, oftentimes, that God, man has his plans, but God's purpose will be established. And so, all through scripture, you see these dynamic couples. I mean, like, you can tell that if they weren't ordained to be with one another, I mean, that history will probably go a complete different way. You look at, um, you look at, um, um, what's his name, um, Abraham and his wife. You look at, um, you look at, uh, let's go Mary and Joseph. You know what I mean? Like, where Joseph was out, but... Joseph was ordained to be Jesus' stepfather, and, and you know, for lack of a better term. Um, but more importantly, I mean, I, I guess of what's of of infinite importance. I keep going back to the whole idea of of marriage being being a representation of Christ's love for the church. I mean, and how. He predestined us to be his, you know. So, like, yeah, you can, you can, you can plan all day, and you can, you can pick and choose. But if God is sovereign, like He says He is, so yeah, you gonna pick, you gonna plan, you got free will and all of that stuff. But you gonna be with who? You know, what I mean? I'm gonna put certain people in your life. I'm gonna take you through certain situations. You're gonna date certain people. This, but this person is gonna lead you. <laughs> Whatever this path you think you own by yourself, it, it's like it's like it's literally like this: being on the road and God, like, and you making which and whichever turn you want to make, but God has like orchestrated those turns and created roadblocks and created detours for you to get exactly where He wants you to be. Um, people propose the question of or pose the question of. What if what if the person wants to divorce me? What if the person um, that I'm with um, they die and then I get remarried? Is that is that was it just the one? I'm like, there's a one. Well, ultimately he is the one. You know what I mean? And the ultimate goal is not how close can I get to my spouse? Although that is great. It's how close. Like is this person drawing me more and more in love with God? As I become more and more in love with this person, am I becoming more and more in love with God? So it starts there. It starts there as far as like, is this person the one for me? It's like, well, okay. Here's how. You, here's how you can tell. Here's one of the symptoms. Are they drawing you closer to God? Everything. I feel like everything falls apart if the cross is not involved. You know what I mean? So. Like everything with humans and all of that, like it gets jacked up. So it's like, are we talking about an unbeliever being married, or are we talking about a Christian being married? Because everything that we, how we view everything, should be in light of who Jesus is and what He did. I mean, so that's that's my take. That's good. That's really good, and I agree with like all your points, especially your spouse should lead you to to Christ. Um, and God is sovereign. And we are on this journey. We are on this path. And thank God for his grace and mercy that we don't ruin ourselves, his protection, uh, that we can get to the destinations that he has for us. And as you're speaking about God-ordained spouses, I think about God-ordained friendships because I have those. And, I, you know, I think about the people that I've met and I meet them and I say, wow, I know that God 
put us together at this point. And, you know, he shows me, he shows me when I ask and I'm patient why that particular person is in my life. So, you know, how freeing, right, is it as a believer to know that God has somebody for me and I don't have to figure it out. And I don't have to, like, make choices. Like, I want God to make the choice of me because Shade's choices are not the best. You know, my choices are flawed. So to know that I take I take more com- com- comfort in knowing that God has somebody for me than knowing that he has presented options and I have to make a choice in my um, fleshliness, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. What is... What do you say to a person that um, believes that they're they're gifted with the gift of singleness? Some people believe in this gift, even though it's scriptural. Some people don't. What do you say to a person that is like, "There's nobody out there for me but Jesus, and I'm, I plan on being single forever," or a person that is not content with being for, single forever but feels as though they do have the gift of singleness? I don't know what to say. I know what I say to God. I said, that better not be my portion, Jesus. I be telling him that all the time. I be like, okay, it better not be my portion, but God, if it is, you need to let me know so that I could start to be comfortable with it. What do I say to people? I've never come across someone who has said that. Like you said, it is in the scripture. Um, I don't know if I'm there to even give somebody advice who they believe that that's what God has called them to and they don't want to do it I don't know if I'm even fully I'm not capable of giving them any advice because I'm also on that journey as well so that's my answer yeah I met people like that so that yeah it is yeah so that's why I asked the question people like to say what people that um, believe that they are called to singleness and so they have very little desire to be married you know what I mean? And it's not like they they out here um, philandering or, like, you know, gallivanting and just doing all types of stuff. It's like, I'm living this life this way, and I don't necessarily need to be married to anybody. That's beautiful. There are some people that think that, um, you met him yesterday, but he believes, I won't say who it is, but he believes that, that he's like, I believe that they're in sin. Oh, I thought that was kind of funny. Wait, what do you mean? Um... She asked what I meant. Yeah. He, he just believed that they were saying, he said, I don't, I don't feel like we're supposed to live our lives like that we should be aspiring to to this. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Because marriage, again, it goes back to that whole thing of, do you think marriage is the ultimate goal? Is this the pinnacle of Christianity? Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, but I've met people like that. I've never. And I'm starting to feel like I'm one of those people that might have the gift of singing and but like I don't desire it but then there's some some people say like oh well if you desire marriage then you don't have it you don't have the gift of singing but then I have some people that I said this one day I was it was like this it was like this get together and you know this Christian get together the conversation always leads back to this you got guys and girls in the room it always leads back to this. And it's funny because I was, I'm still in my 20s. I'm in my very late 20s at this point. But I was with people that were in their 30s, you know, in 30s and 40s. Um, and, they, you know, a lot of them were single. And they, and I posed a question. No, I, I made a statement. I said, um, if God allows me to be married, 
dot, 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 whatever it was I said. They didn't focus on the dot, dot, dot. They focused on, wait, if God allows you to be married, what do you mean by that? I said, what do you mean? What do I mean by that? And they was like, they said, well, you're a man. I feel like you can get married whenever you want to. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that? You're rolling your eyes. No, I'm, I'm. I have a lot of thoughts on that, and I need to wrap my mind around that. Mm-hmm. I think that um, I feel that men do have more freedom when to make that choice because they don't have to worry about childbirth. They can have kids at any age, and I think that's what puts women on this like timeline. That coupled with fear, coupled with not really knowing if God wants that for them. So I think that, yes, a man can, but which a lot of people don't talk about because I don't see it really very often as a man of God. No, a man of God cannot just get married um, at any point because a man of God also has standards, which I feel like is so important that we start to see more images of those men who have those godly standards because I sometimes I hear people talking about it. I have... Well, you are one, but I haven't met many other men of God who have standards. But to answer your question, no, you can't just get married at any point because you do have standards, and you have to answer to the same God that I have to answer to. So I think that out of our frustration, sometimes women say that, but I don't think that that's true. Yeah, I'm more so, I thank you for giving me another perspective because I really took it from the whole perspective of, of sexism in the church which is a whole nother conversation I'm like what makes you think that this woman can't say no and like you know like all these women in, in the church just because I'm this quote unquote eligible bachelor that all these women in this church are just here for the taking or right for the picking and all of that type of stuff which is crazy to me and nobody will say it but that is the underlying thought behind what a lot of people say like in that moment she was like you you can just choose. And it's like, what do you mean choose? She doesn't have a choice in this decision. She can't say no. Like, if I choose you, like this Pokemon or something, like you, she can't say, well, I don't choose you. Right. You know? Um, but yeah, that, that's, I guess that's another conversation for another time, which I I don't mind talking about it because that, that is something that is on my heart quite often. You know, caring for, um, like, just women's rights and like even like I think man like in, in order for stuff to get straightened out in this world which it never will because otherwise what would it why would Jesus have to come back to straighten stuff out but we should be fighting for rights and stuff in, in, in society and stuff and like we should be in these we should come out of our like Christian silos and go into the government and be a part of fashion and be a part of all of this stuff like we shouldn't just hide in our own like little Christian bubble that's what that's what all of this turmoil stuff stuff is for is like we're here to be like salt and light and say like no there is a better way and this is the better way and but, we're not doing it and we don't make and it sound, may sound really bad but we don't make Christianity appeal look appeal like appealing you know it's very um Exclusive, you would say. Uh, it's yeah, it's interesting. No, I've, I've literally had a friend who who said that I thought Christianity was for the elitist, 
and that broke my heart. Yeah, I definitely have sensed that in a few churches. And what is even crazier about that is like when you get into Christianity, even like when you sep- when you look at different denominations, like even they are s- separated, you know, and feel that they're better than. Like Pentecostals are like this and Baptists are like this and this is I'm just like this is just too much. Mm. Like I just want to serve Jesus. Why are we doing all this extra stuff? But Well let's switch gears. This will be my last question to you. Um we're just gonna take a quick write. Um, why do you think God created you? Uh, well I don't think this question is like too far off no. of what we were talking about. Why do you think God created you to be a black single woman? Christian in present day? Um, as I... As much as you know, because, you know, yeah, you're you and yeah. he's him. Right, but I'm just thinking about the people that I've come across and the lives that I've touched and the women that I've impacted. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why. It's it's for them. Mm-hmm. I have to get out of, out of myself and my desires and realize that he has called me to be who I am today, this present day, to help the people that he is connecting me to today. And if I weren't who I was today, I mean, every single thing about me, every aspect about me, if I wasn't who, if I wasn't that Sade, I wouldn't be effective in the way that he wants to use me. So, that's why. That's very good. Sade Solomon, everyone. <laughs> I thank you for um, um, doing this with me. I appreciate it. I know it was late. I apologize. Um, and I still don't have the equipment. That I needed to have, but I feel like we made it work. And um, so, how long? How much longer are you here for? I'm leaving tomorrow night. Tomorrow night? I heard you. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you wanted me to say more? Sure, if you want to. No, you good. All right. Well, thank you for coming to Atlanta. I'm glad I got to see you in the flesh. This is day two, so I appreciate that. And um, this has been Keith Robeson, and um, I pray this helps. Peace. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode of I Pray This Helps. I try my best to bring a new episode to you every other Thursday. Don't forget to share this episode if it blessed you. Subscribe if you enjoyed it. I don't claim to have all the answers. I don't claim to know it all. But I do pray this helps. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. Soon you'll have a separate fridge in the basement where extra groceries are exiled forever. Remember that frozen lasagna? Of course you don't. It's been down there since 2008. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Piece of cake. Behind the lasagna. It's very old. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.